Thanks for tuning in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel, along with streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to your podcast. please be sure to search for America Out Loud. In addition to that, we are available on AmericaOutloud.news, which has thousands of podcasts and articles updated daily, and we always appreciate it when you share those articles and podcasts on social media. Here at America Out Loud, we face the same social media censorship that many of you do, so we do appreciate it when you share the articles and podcasts on social media. Hope you're all having a great night tonight. We've got another guest host tonight. Booker will be joining us tonight. Last night, it was Greg Bolden. Uh, thank you so much, Booker, for stepping in for Rob. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking me, Andrew. It's my pleasure to be here. And um, I don't know if I can do as well as Greg did last night, but I'll do the best that I can. Yeah, I'm sure you'll do just fine. It's been a long time coming. Uh, we've both been on the network for quite some time, so it's nice to finally uh, link up and be able to do a show together. I'm definitely excited, but let's get to the news. Unfortunately, some bad news happened over this past weekend. Another hate crime in uh, Jacksonville. This time a racist came in and shot up a Dollar General. Uh, A lot of news is coming out about this manifesto. Apparently the guy had swastikas written all over the gun. And uh, it's probably just another uh, mentally ill person down there in Florida is probably hooked up on all the pharmaceutical drugs. But here we go with the uh, gun control debate once again. Uh, Booker, what were your thoughts on the uh, tragic news that took place in Florida? Uh, There were a couple of things uh, that kind of struck me. Number one, with all of these things, we really never know all the truth for a while. So the first thing that struck me was how Every one of these tragedies becomes so political so quick. And, you know, and I don't know if that's the, the proper way to go about these things, but it's always, it's always if it's a white supremacist and then if it's a black person that does the shooting, somehow it gets uh, rabbit holed. We don't hear about it. And the right is screaming, the left is screaming. And I don't know if that's the right way to go about it because, you know, you, I think you mentioned, you know, a crazy down in Florida, which is where I am, by the way, another crazy, I think you said. So, um, the, another one like me, um, you know, the, the, the mental health aspect, which is something that I think the sheriff has mentioned is something that's so important in all of these cases that really needs to be addressed. It always goes to the gun issue. Everyone always wants to start grabbing the guns every time this happens. But there are other issues. And uh, I know the Heritage Foundation did a study and did the report. It's probably about five or six years ago now. And there were common traits among school shooters. This obviously wasn't a school. But among the school shooters, it was uh, financial hardships in these kids. There was the mental health aspect of it. And then the other thing was the the family. Most of them didn't have fathers. So those three things were common traits up until 2018 uh, with the school shooters. And we, we, we're not addressing the issue 
which is the psychological part of it. And I, I did notice, I don't know if you, did you see the uh, sheriff talk about the gun when he laid the gun on the pedestal there at the uh, press conference? Yeah, I did see highlights of that. Yeah, he he basically said, if I laid my gun here, then this gun is not going to do anything. And, it, you know, that's an argument that we hear so many people on our side of the political spectrum talk about. It's the gun is not going to do anything. It, and he said, it's crazy people, just like you did, how you started off this hour, uh, another crazy person. And that's exactly what we're dealing with. And then the other part of it, I don't know if you paid any attention to this, was uh, Governor Ron DeSantis here in Florida and how he responded. And, and he and his wife both went to Jacksonville. But again, that becomes political. Uh, he didn't go fast enough, and then when he went, he didn't say the right thing. So I don't know how anybody wins in this stuff in the aftermath of it, and somehow we forget about the people that lost their lives and the real problems, which is the psychological part. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and it's so sad that the left likes to just play this blame game as soon as a tragedy like this happens, and it's almost instinctual at this point just to be defensive when there's a mass shooting that happens, right? Because we know that the fingers are going to be pointing our way uh, regardless of who the shooter is. Uh, we remember several months back uh, there in Nashville, that uh, transgender shooter. And it was a big story at first before the media really knew who the uh, school shooter was. Then it turns out to be the transgender. And all of a sudden they just stop talking about the shooter yeah. and uh, the story goes away a lot quicker in uh, news cycles when it's a result like that that doesn't fit their narrative and uh, this manifesto for this uh, jacksonville shooter came out pretty much immediately we still haven't gotten a manifesto for there in nashville uh, we're waiting to hear if we ever get it perhaps they don't want the american people to see the kind of hatred in this uh, transgender shooter's heart for the uh, Christian religion and uh, straight children. Uh, who knows where the hate in their heart lies? But nonetheless, we don't know because we haven't seen the manifesto. Uh, what are your thoughts on the double standard and the fact that uh, any time that this seems to be convenient on the left side of the aisle, uh, we get all the facts right away. But when it's uh, the other side, like the transgender shooter in Nashville, uh, it takes forever for us to get any information if we get it at all. Yeah, I don't know that we'll ever get the manifesto in Nashville. And it's it's sad that there is a double standard, but there's a double standard in everything anymore. At least it feels that way, doesn't it? There is the weaponization of the government that we know has happened. Uh, we know that the media, the mass media, the legacy media, they are obviously in bed with the left. And, and really when I, I come from that, I've worked in corporate media for years. And as I see it, it's more of an ideology. Everybody that works there thinks the same way. So they think that they are doing what the people want because they believe everybody that works around them thinks the same way. So it, it's so much of an ideology in mass in the mass uh, mainstream media that that's what we get. And there is such a double standard with it. And I don't know if we'll ever really get that manifesto. What do you think about it? I just don't know that Nashville is ever going to release that. Yeah, I don't think we'll get it. They just uh, hope that everyone will forget about it and we'll stop talking about it and stop asking questions. 
Uh, that's why I do think it's important anytime something like this happens, as tragic as it is, uh, when they want to throw it in our face, uh, this mentally ill psycho, uh, we could just bring that back up. Okay, but why do we have the information on this guy, but not this Nashville uh, shooter who shot up a school of kids? And uh, this Dollar General shooting is a little different, right? I mean, what are some of the options we have to stop these people? The only option is an armed society, as far as I'm concerned, because unfortunately, police officers aren't always going to be around. So uh, this, to me, is just another example of why an armed society is a safe society, because if I'm in a Dollar General and there's some mentally ill nut that's in there that starts shooting the place up, uh, I'd feel better if there's law-abiding citizens in that store that are also carrying a gun. Yeah, what if all of uh, them? I think this is perfect. <laughs> what if all of them were carrying a gun? Yeah. Then, uh, like the, the right. Old West, the Old Wild West, if everybody was carrying a gun, it, it might might be a little bit better out there. And and I don't know, uh, guns are, they make a lot of people nervous, and, and a lot of people are never going to touch them. So, But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Maybe that is the solution. And I know a lot of states, you can carry a gun uh, on your hip. So, uh, I, I, you know, maybe that is the answer. Maybe someone comes in that was going to do something like that and two or three guys and gals are standing around with guns on their hips. They rethink what they're going to do because they're not going to accomplish. But then I'm, we're putting a rational mind into the mind of a crazy person. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how that person would think in that situation. Right. Yeah. Good point. Where do you stand on that as far as uh, school shootings go? Since we're on the subject of shootings, uh, do you agree with the uh, armed guards at the schools? Uh, what do you think are some things we could do to keep our schools uh, safe now that the school year has started back up to and, prevent and, these tragedies from and, happening? Andrew, I'm glad you asked. And I, I, because it's something that I've talked about for a while, because Again, every time there is a shooting, we want to go directly to the guns. And after the Parkland shooting in Florida, the state of Florida worked together in a bipartisan way to come up with some solutions. And I think they've been very effective and they work. And a few of the things that they've done that I believe is is important is you mentioned an armed security guard. It is a state law in the state of Florida that every school has a armed guard. Not that what the law used to be was they they could share one person between one guard between two schools. Well, they changed that after Parkland. Every school has an armed guard there all the time. So that's one of the things that they did. Another thing that they did, I think is pretty smart, is they allow teachers to carry a gun in the classroom. And a lot of people say, oh, teachers don't need to, to carry guns. Well, l- listen to how they did it. A teacher that wants to carry a gun has to have 132 hours of police training with a gun. They just can't carry a gun in the school. So they have to have proper training by police academies, 132 hours. And, and then no one knows that they're carrying the gun. No parent knows. No kids know. Uh, so that also adds another layer. And the, the smartest thing they did is they have these threat assessment teams. And most states have threat assessment teams for schools. But Florida's is a little bit different. And in most states, they do not share information across agencies. So if you have a kid that's in school that is showing red flags and throwing them up all over the place, the school administration can't call the sheriff and 
let them know. And what the threat assessment team does in Florida is they share information. When the school has information that there there is a kid that is just showing flags, they can bring the sheriff in or the police, local police, and then they can get the school counselor that has maybe some information on that. And they share information across all these different agencies. And I know for a fact that when that threat assessment is done, that the sheriff will go to the house and ask the parents questions about guns. Do you have any guns in the house? So that is one thing that they've done that I think is the best part of that law. And of course, that was 2018 when Governor Rick Scott was the governor of Florida. So I think I think Florida did a great job in that law. So I think those are some things that can be done in every state that don't infringe on anyone's rights. Uh, because again, it's just sharing information that someone knows already, but now they're they're passing along that information. I think the teachers being armed with the proper training is a good idea, and I also think that it's a it's a good idea to have an armed security guard. So I think I think those three things were really really good parts of that law. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Booker. Uh, nice knowledge to remember all of that. Um, just to review, uh, there's a law that you have to have an armed guard in Florida. They allow teachers to carry if they're properly trained with police training. Uh, The teachers have to keep the guns to themselves. They don't tell anybody that they have the guns. And then the red flags and threat assessment team. Uh, It all sounds uh, brilliant as far as I'm concerned. Uh, As far as I know, it's prevented any future incidents from happening thus far down there in Florida. The yeah. Park, Parkland yeah. was the last one. So, and again, this was this was a truly a bipartisan effort. Uh, this was both Democrats and Republicans coming together after a tragedy and coming up with solutions. And so far, it has worked. And I think it's uh, probably the gold standard as of right now. So maybe other states can copy that. Yeah, isn't that amazing that uh, bipartisanship actually can work in yeah. certain states? It seems like. Uh, the red state governor is a little more willing to budge, right, than these blue state governors who are just all about the mandates, taking away the guns. Um, I'm stuck here in Illinois with Governor J.B. Pritzker, who yeah, just signed the, uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> assault weapons ban, which uh, was held up by our state's courts. Um, it's going to end up going all the way to the Supreme Court, who's going to uh, reject it. And, uh, people are going to be able to buy AR-15 still, but nonetheless, they're trying to attempt to stop people from being able to purchase and own AR-15s here in Illinois. And as we know, the criminals aren't going to listen to these laws or follow these laws. It's just going to be the law-abiding citizens that suffer, and it's going to make uh, this a much more dangerous place. This is at the same time as Governor Pritzker and my state's doubling down with uh, the Safety Act which is no cash bail uh, throughout the entire state. Like we see it in um, California, um, in San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, New York City has cashless bail. But Illinois is actually the first state to introduce cashless bail. And uh, it just started at the beginning of the year. A lot of the district attorneys in the state are not following it. They're going by the old balls on the books. It's still being held up in court. But uh, the lawlessness in these Democrat communities is out of control, and it is no longer safe to live in these communities. They want to take the guns right out of the law by having citizens' hands, 
and uh, basically put them in the criminal's hands because we all know they are not going to listen uh, to the law. And the only people that it punishes are the law-abiding citizens and uh, the good citizens in our country. You guys are tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We're available on the America Out Loud iHeartRadio cha- channel, along with streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, uh, TuneIn Radio, just about anywhere you stream. Just search for America Out Loud. Uh, you'll be able to find After Dark with Rob and Andrew, along with Booker's great shows. Uh, so much content over at America Out Loud. You guys can also go to americaoutloud.shop and check out the full list of great products to help support America Out Loud and keep this engine running smoothly. We'll be back with more After Dark with Rob and Andrew with special guest host Booker. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. We're back here on After Dark with Rob and Andrew, just continuing my discussion with Booker, who's kind enough to be joining us tonight while Rob is out of town. Uh, it's kind of exciting, actually. Got a little different lineup of guest hosts this week. Uh, we'll see who I roll with tomorrow night. So, uh, definitely a lot of fun. Uh, Booker, thank you so much for uh, coming on with us on such short timing. Like I said, in the first half of the show, uh, it's after dark. Are you usually a late night guy yourself? <laughs> I, I am an early riser, so uh, this is a little bit different <laughs> for me. And, you know, we, we're also getting ready for this hurricane down here in, in Florida, oh, yeah. which is uh, I mean, we're not sure yet what it's gonna gonna ha- what's gonna happen with it, but it is right now probably coming right toward my house uh, by, on Wednesday oh, morning. No. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye out out on that. So I do have that going on, but yeah, I, I am an early riser. I usually wake up at four thirty five o'clock. So this is pushing me, but but it's my pleasure. <laughs> it's my pleasure to be. Here. Yeah, four thirty five o'clock. I'm usually in bed for about. <laughs> five or six hours by that point in time with a couple more still left in me. Uh, so that hurricane's uh, headed right towards your neck of the woods, huh? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you never know about the things. It seems to be picking up some steam now, and they're saying maybe a, a Category 3, some think maybe a 4, and it's going to hit the west coast of Florida. I'm down in the St. Petersburg, Tampa Bay area. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I don't think it's anything that we'll need to get out of the way of. 
uh, with 110 mile per hour winds. We can we can deal with that. That's nothing, huh? No. <laughs> How many years have you lived down there in uh, Florida? I, I have lived here for 11 years now, so uh, maybe 20% of my life. I guess I, maybe okay. maybe 20. Okay. Do you uh, usually evacuate when these hurricanes are on the horizon, or uh, do you just kind of stick, stick it out? I, I have never evacuated, and since I've been here, we've lived through some, some pretty good ones. Irma, Matthew, a little bit of Ian. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we, you know, it's, it, when you hear 110, 20 mile per hour winds at the eye, that's a, that's a really small area. And then outside of that, it gets less and less and less. And you can, you can handle 70, 80 miles per hour. I know that, I, I guess it was Irma that came through and we were without electricity for eight days and no cell phone service. Mm. So that's difficult, but we, um, I do have a generator so uh, we can keep a fan on in the refrigerator. So we keep our food good. So I think we'll be okay. Right. Cause you always hear this about uh, Florida. People love the weather. They love the beautiful <laughs> state, but, uh, people are always worried about those hurricanes. They don't want to move right into the, uh, danger zone and, uh, lose their home perhaps a couple of years after purchasing. Uh, it seems like the hurricanes as of late, what really does the damage is the rainfall. So uh, actually when they kind of slow down to a tropical storm before they hit land, it seems like that's almost a worse situation a lot of times because uh, the storm will be moving a lot slower and uh, just all the rain that it dumps. Yeah, wow. uh, have you gotten flood- flooded since you've been there? We, we haven't really bad. It's uh, the water is the bad part in where we live. I'm, probably three or four miles from the bay, the Tampa Bay, and I'm five or six miles from the Gulf of Mexico, uh, sitting out on that little peninsula that sticks out in Tampa Bay. That's where I live. So um, we we are in flood zone C, so barely, almost in, in B. Um, so we we will not evacuate, I can tell you that. We'll, we'll sit right here uh, through... I guess Tuesday night, tomorrow night into Wednesday morning. There you go. Well, hopefully everyone stays safe down there in Florida. Uh, hopefully it won't be so devastating like what we've seen uh, in other parts of the country as of late, like Maui with these wildfires. Uh, speaking of Florida, since we're on the subject, we might as well just bring up the uh, elephant in the room, which is the uh, Ron DeSantis campaign. Uh, definitely uh... had some issues uh, here at the start, uh, the debate perhaps was a pretty good night for him. Uh, I don't think he really uh, proved much in the debate. He seemed pretty passive, didn't really come after people uh, aggressively, but no one really came after him either. So I wouldn't say it was a bad night for him, but uh, I don't think he uh, is going to improve in the polls much after that first debate. I thought Ron DeSantis would be a perfect president in the future. I'm just disappointed that he is running at the same time now as uh, President Trump. I just think this was horrible political advice. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are as as your governor. Uh, From the outside sitting in uh, Florida, I definitely think he's been a great governor and gotten a lot done. Uh, But I'd like to see him stay there, Booker. Yeah, we would too. And, you know, I had mixed emotions (laughs) about it. And I agree with your assessment. Uh, I really do. He should, he got bad advice and he, and his campaign is, is worse than the advice he got. And, you know, he just recently fired people, which he had just recently fired people before that. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I'm, 
pretty active on Twitter. I think you know that and have a decent sized following. And I, I stayed out of it. You know, I I wanted to stay out of the, the Trump DeSantis stuff, but I really, eventually (laughs) I had to start saying something because of what was being said by all the DeSantis supporters online. And really what I started doing was asking questions. And what I found was I have been, uh, you know, personally attacked. I have been doxxed on uh, where my full legal name and address were put out uh, from another conservative, from a DeSantis supporter. So that's the way this campaign has been run. And the questions that I ask, the, yeah. the, the, you know, we all know of the great things that Ron DeSantis done, has done, and, and I've been supporter of him. And I have brought up all the great things that he has done. He's protected our kids and um, you know, he's, he's gone after the pronoun stuff, the books in schools. He's, he's gone after Disney. He's done all these things that are really, really good. But then there's some things that I asked some questions about. And one of those is, we just talked about the hurricanes is property insurance in the state of Florida. And one thing that maybe some of the after dark listeners don't know about the makeup of the state legislature in Florida is it's about 75% Republican. So it's not just a red state governor. It is a red state in the legislature. So when you look at Ron DeSantis, then you have to consider he could pretty much do whatever he wanted to when it comes to laws, which he will not face if he were the president of the United States. It's not going to be that makeup with the Senate and the Congress, but he has that complete control in the state of Florida. So the question comes, why didn't he do anything about property insurance in the state of Florida? Because it's tripled while he has been governor in his first four years. And and no law was passed, nothing was done, and he put $3.9 million in his pack from uh, all the insurance companies. Now, uh, the first thing people think of when they think of Florida's property insurance going up so much is they think it's because of the hurricanes, and it is not. Uh, Florida has about 6 to 7% of the United States population, but they only have 9% of the property insurance claims. So it skews a little bit higher, yes, because of the hurricanes, but the state of Florida has 79%, 79% of the country's lawsuits with property insurance companies because of the laws. The laws are written where contractors can sue these insurance companies, and they do. And insurance companies have had to pay billions of dollars in lawsuits in Florida. So they've all moved out. The people in the state of Florida have very little choices. The state of Florida has a backup state policy insurance, which is more than triple the national average. Uh, the, the average in Florida now is about $4,500 a year for property insurance. That state insurance on average is about wow. $6,000. So when I ask those questions of these DeSantis supporters, why didn't he do something? I have been attacked over and over and over again, just for asking the simple question, because that is a real issue that has affected people's pocketbooks. And it has created an affordable housing crisis in the state. So he's done great on pronouns. He's done great on Disney and books in schools, all of those things, those social things he's done really good on, but things that affect people's lives not, uh, they, I have some questions, and and if you you may not know this because everyone always touts that Florida's population is growing, and it is. They they lead the nation in net growth, but they also lead the nation in people leaving the state. 
So there's every year, since the last three or four years, there's 500,000 people that have moved out of the state of Florida. So what's happening is they are squeezing the middle class and the low income people out of the state because it's not affordable. Right. People are getting priced out once they get there. I've heard about this property insurance disaster. I've heard people uh, say that it can take months and months to even find an insurance company that'll take them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you've got a real disaster there. People paying, you know, you know, three, four times what they are in other States right around Florida. And it could uh, have, it, it, it could have been resolved. And um, so my question, looking at DeSantis as a leader, how come you didn't address this as a leader with the foresight to see that this was going to be a problem? Why are we only now, they tried to pass some laws this year. I don't think anything they passed in it is really going to address it and help it, but they they at least recognize that there is an issue, but it took five years of Ron DeSantis to get to that point. And he should have seen it beforehand because it is a mess. And, and what's going to, you know, we have this hurricane coming and the Gulf is extremely hot this year. So it's probably going to be a really, really active season. Usually this time of year through about the beginning of November is when things really get hot here. Unfortunately, if, if a hurricane comes and does a lot of damage, I think about half of the insurance companies that are left in the state will probably close. You know, there, there are, I think, 41 or 42 left in the state that will write insurance. And from what I've read in my research, about half of them are almost insolvent. Wow. Yeah, that's a real problem there in Florida. And yeah, you struck something uh, with me when you were talking about uh, some of Ron DeSantis supporters being really defensive. And it really, we really do see that. Um, first of all, I just want to state if you're a Ron DeSantis supporter and you listen to America out loud, that's just fine. We're glad that you're listening. Uh, you don't have to think just like us and agree with what candidate that we want uh, elected. It's just all about moving the country forward. But a lot of these DeSantis supporters are just so, um, they're just so aggressive going after mm-hmm. Trump supporters, going after President Trump. Uh, sticking up for Ron DeSantis. I mean, you don't even have to say anything bad about this guy, but if you just kind of like, like you just did with the property insurance, you bring this kind of thing up and these people get unhinged. They do. Uh, I, I don't know if it's just president Trump that draws this kind of emotions out of people or what, but I mean, you look at like a guy like Bill Mitchell's timeline, it's a complete embarrassment on social media. And, uh, really, to me, these supporters of Ron DeSantis that are coming after President Trump 24-7, attacking him, thinking that's the way that Ron DeSantis is going to get ahead, uh, that just keeps further and further damaging Ron DeSantis and is not doing him any favor uh, because this party needs to come together. Exactly. Andrew, I, I, that's my point completely. Like I said, I have... I even I tweet and put stuff out on social media that's positive about Ron DeSantis. I can do that because he's done good things. For me to say anything other than that would be disingenuous. And I, I think that's and I and I look at at these people that and again I think it's the I think it's the campaign and and there's this arrogance that comes down from the top. And I'm not talking about necessarily Ron Ron DeSantis. Um, I'm talking about the people that have been running the campaign. There is this arrogance that comes down that spreads to people like Bill Mitchell and John Cardillo. 
these these type of people that are very boisterous on social media, and they also carry that same arrogance, and it's it's a put off for other conservatives. And like you said, we we have to be together. The most important thing that we do for twenty four is win. So we we have to figure that out. Yeah. I- the other night on x you had a great post uh you posted division is easy unity is hard and uh that really spoke to me that was a great post and uh that's really what we need uh in our country in particular in our party right now we all need to come together Uh, i think we need to support the candidate that the left is coming after trying to jail and uh, put him over the top. I mean, look at how unpopular Biden is. This guy, people want to say he's the electability argument with President Trump, and I just don't buy it because President Trump brings out his own base of voters that's even bigger than the Republican Party. Uh, you go around and you talk to people constantly who are big Trump supporters, but not, necessar- not necessarily Republicans, right? Yeah. So you might be losing a lot of people if you put up a candidate like Ron DeSantis that just won't go to the polls. They like President Trump and they're not going to go to the polls for a guy like Ron DeSantis. So uh, I don't buy this electability argument. Uh And uh, as far as Joe Biden goes, the guy is like 19 points less popular than when he took office. Go ahead. Yeah, I I was just going to say, Andrew, another another thing, because those those people that make the argument about Trump isn't electable in a general election. Well, let me, and this is another question I asked DeSantis supporters. The things that Ron DeSantis has done that we love so much from six week abortion ban to the pronouns to don't say gay, which doesn't really say gay. Everybody knows that, but that's the way it's going to be put out by the left in a general election. Just take the six week abortion ban. Remember prior to the 22 midterm, about three or four weeks prior, Lindsey Graham comes out and says he's going to put a bill out that says he's going to do a 15-week national abortion ban. What happened? Well, it cost about five or six seats uh, because every yeah. that's, that's all the Democrats went on. That's what, that's what they ran on the last month of that campaign was the 15-week abortion ban. So how do you think Ron DeSantis is going to be electable in swing states with a six-week abortion ban on his back? Uh, Let's go to Pennsylvania. Let's go to Georgia. Let's go to Virginia, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico. Do you think any of those states are closer with a six-week abortion ban? Is he electable in a general election with that on him in those swing states? Yeah, that's a great point. I I don't think uh, he's any more electable than President Trump. Uh, And uh, he does have a good track record as a conservative governor. But, I mean, this will only appeal to uh, conservatives for the most part. Uh, The left does have a lot of ammunition against him that they come after him against as well, Uh, particularly the Disney thing. uh, As they misframed it, the uh, supposed don't say gay bill. I mean, they've been coming after Ron DeSantis for quite some time as well. And uh, I don't think that they will give him a free pass if he were the uh, Republican primary candidate to get by. And to me, Joe Biden just seems so historically unpopular. Uh, Just seems like a golden opportunity for Republicans. We have to get this right. As I said, this guy's like 19 points less popular than when he took office. Uh, People have been paying Bidenflation now for over three years. They've been going to the gas station, paying for 30 a gallon. I mean, the gas prices are right back up uh, here in Illinois. We're looking at 425, 430 a gallon right now. 
Uh, it's just absolutely insane. It was literally half price under President Trump and uh, his administration. You guys are tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. If you're looking for better sleep, focus, and energy, check out Healthy Cell, the leading innovator of nutritional supplements for cell health. Healthy Cell vitamins work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. You can absorb a healthier lifestyle with Healthy Cell's pill-free vitamins. And you can go to HealthyCell.com or AmericaOutloud.shop. Check out the great products and save with the promo code OUTLOUD. So go to HealthyCell.com or you can find it over at AmericaOutloud.shop and use the promo code OUTLOUD to save. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew with special guest Booker. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. We're back here on After Dark with Rob and Andrew with a special guest host, Booker, joining us. Uh, once again, want to thank him for coming on the show. Uh, I've got a, quite a few subjects to cover here in the last half of the show, so we'll kind of just move through some of them here. Uh, last week, of course, President Trump was arrested once again. Uh, I haven't even gotten a chance to discuss his iconic mugshot photo. <laughs> I mean, this thing's went around everywhere. Uh, I don't think it could have worked out any better for President Trump, uh, this mugshot and the attention that he has received since then. Looks like a lot of people are uh, trying, starting to see that this guy is being uh, politically persecuted and uh, people are starting to join the Trump train even more than before, I think. I'm with you. And I, I think the left does this over and over and over again. They go too far. And when they go too far, people start pushing back. 
And, uh, you know, they probably should have stopped at one or two indictments, but let's just keep going and let's go three and four and maybe some more. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a joke. All, every one of these cases is an absolute joke. If he were not running for president, he would have zero indictments and zero charges. But because he is, he has four indictments and 91 charges. And that's all you need to know to realize that we are living in communism. And that's just the way it is. We, we're in a banana republic. Yeah, absolutely. You'd have to think that the left has probably overplayed their hand once again here on President Trump, right? I mean, if America didn't have to sit through four years of Russia collusion, delusion, uh, four years of the bogus impeachments, uh, the phone call with Zelensky where he was getting dead to the bottom of the Biden corruption, uh, if they hadn't already seen what the Democrats have done to President Trump over the years, and uh, even the justices that he's put in and the threats that they've made. Uh, people are waking up now with these indictments like, when are you guys ever going to stop going after this guy? Uh, maybe if these indictments were the first time they've really tried to come after him to this level, they'd have some more support. But at this point in time, it's just like people don't trust him because it's just obvious to anyone with a functioning brain that this is just a politically motivated witch hunt another one against president trump i mean we probably don't have enough fingers to count up all mm -hmm. the witch hunts they've had against this guy and his family now you remember that Mueller report they were uh, just giddy that he'd be going to prison his yeah. family would be going to prison and uh we've seen it continue on right now and as you said it's interesting because he is the leader uh in the polls this upcoming 2024 election they're serving him with these indictments. Uh, you have to wonder if he uh, said, oh, I'll step down, which we know President Trump would never do. But if he did, if they could kind of make these indictments go away. Uh, we've also heard reports that Jack Smith, uh, his top aide, uh, weeks before his latest indictment, was in the White House yeah. meeting with the Bidens. Yeah. So this is just completely politically motivated. And uh, shame on anyone who doesn't wake up and see what's going on here, because uh, it could not be any more obvious. Yeah. Why, why would that guy ever go and have a meeting in the White House? It, it, just the appearance alone. Maybe, maybe he was going in to have coffee and a conversation with someone he used to know. You don't do that. <laughs> you just right. you just don't do that at this point in history. And a Andrew, the I, I did a program, I did a show with a lot of research, and it was I think I, it was right around July, but I I, I actually re replayed it. And if you go to the archives on AmericaOutloud.com or AmericaOutloud.news, you'll you'll find that in the archives in the first thirteen minutes of that show. It brought to light something that happened with the Democrats and how organized they were to take down Donald Trump. And it, there was a huge meeting at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel one week after Trump beat Hillary Clinton. The stated goal of that was to remove Donald Trump from office. So everything that we saw from uh, the Women's March in January of 2017 to the Summer of Love in 2020, that was all planned. It was all financed by the George Soros uh, Barack Obama, and then later Hillary Clinton, all their organizations came together at that meeting 
one week after the election. That's how organized they were. That was seven years ago. If they were that organized then, imagine what they are now. So all the things that you mentioned with the Mueller report and all the things that were going on with the government in witch hunts with Donald Trump, there was also this other thing going on parallel to it to make the country hate Donald Trump to remove him in a color revolution. Yeah, great points. And we've seen uh, the mugshots from the other people indicted, uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, Jenna Ellis, uh, Mark Meadows. Uh, just uh, it's a shame that any of them are being arrested because none of them deserve to be arrested. But what's really uh, striking to me is this Harrison Floyd, the former director of mm-hmm. Black Voices for Trump, uh, this radical judge just decides to keep him locked up, even though he flew in from Maryland to Georgia to appear in court. All of a sudden, they they lock him up. They don't give him a bail or a bond, and they tell him that he's a flight risk. So yeah. uh, he's going to have to wait to find out when he can even get out. And then to make matters worse, uh, I've never even seen this before, where the judge tells him that he's not qualified for a public defender. Basically she starts explaining to this guy how he can defend himself. If he wants representation (laughs) after he got done explaining to the judge that he can't afford to pay $40,000 for a lawyer that'll represent you in a Rico case. Uh, You just can't go down to the street to your local paralegal and say, Hey, uh, I'm being indicted on Rico charges. Are you going, will you represent me? I mean, you need a specialized lawyer for a case like that. And uh, he says he can't afford it. I'm entitled to believe him. And uh, the state of Georgia is refusing to give him a public attorney. And this is a black man, mind you. Mm -hmm. You imagine if this were the other way around and you had Republicans refusing to give a Democrat defendant an attorney. I mean, this is just outrageous to me. What are your thoughts on them keeping this guy locked up? That's a, that's a great point uh, that you just brought up and, and you're exactly right. I don't think I can add anything to that. The one thing I would add to the indictments and the way I see it is you have all these, you have them in Manhattan, you have them in DC, Florida. The, The Florida case is interesting. Judge Cannon down there is doing things a little bit differently than these other judges. So that's going to be one to watch. But then you have them in D.C. with the Jack Smith stuff going on there. And you mentioned RICO cases. Those normally are not quick cases. So you have 19 defendants with 19 different attorneys that somehow are going to be able to do discovery and depositions and everything that they need to do. And Fannie Willis wants to bring this to trial in March. In six months, it's impossible. I and I point to Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel that was indicted in 2019, and his case is still going through the courts. So, to me, this whole thing is a race against the clock to the 24 election, and I don't see how the any of these cases are going to be resolved before the election, which brings me to the point how we have to be really focused and not distracted by all of these distractions. I say this a lot, Andrew, that the distractions only work when we become distracted. So if we, if we stay in the weeds with all this stuff and don't pay attention, we're going to lose sight of the fact that the Democrats have 20 seats. They are defending in the Senate in 24 and the Republicans only have 10. There's a huge opportunity to flip the Senate 
And so our focus needs to be on 24 and not on all these indictments because they're out of our control. And I really don't think they're going to make their way through the courts before we get to a point of electing Donald Trump. And uh, obviously, if he wins and we have power in the Senate, then we can get an attorney general that can really start changing things and making things the way they should, which is equal and just under the law. Right. It is a huge opportunity for uh, Republicans to uh, flip the Senate, keep the House, like you said, build on to the numbers that we've got, the advantage that we've got in the House. And uh, as you said, flip this Senate and hopefully we come in. Hey, and President Trump, and, and let me add this to support right. and the numbers that he needs yeah, to and, uh, properly govern. And, and if Donald Trump wins, he pardons himself. You, you want to see the left uh, blow a head gasket? Watch that happen. That's going to be wonderful. And then this radical district attorney, uh, Fannie Willis, she's been a complete disaster. Uh, just like Alvin Bragg, completely politically motivated. She campaigned on sending Trump to jail. So uh, that's what we're seeing play out as far as that goes. These DAs just trying to make a name for themselves off of President Trump. And it's sad that it's come to this in this country with this uh, two-tiered justice system we see time and time again. Uh, In Georgia, it's definitely a two-tiered system, just like we see in New York. As you said, hopefully in Florida, the judge gets it right and uh, they do it properly. But all these charges against President Trump are racking up. But I don't see it being a big distraction for his 2024 campaign. I mean, this is the hardest working president that we've ever had in this country. Uh, So I think he's going to come out uh, these charges even stronger if he can avoid uh, going to jail, that is. Uh, It does worry me a little bit in the back of my head that one of these phony charges in a place like Washington, D.C., uh, will stick. Uh, you think it's going to interfere with President Trump's run for the 2024 White House? I think it has to, just because of the time that it's going to take. Uh, you know, the, it's going to take a whole lot of time. But I, I'm more concerned about the distraction of us, you know, all of us out here on the ground that need to be doing our work. And, and that's being involved, plugged in locally and helping our candidates win elections from the school board all the way up to the U.S. Senate. Uh, The national politics are going to take care of themselves. It's so important to be involved locally. And and you you were talking about your laws in Illinois earlier and how, you know, they're really messed up with Pritzker. How do you, how do you change that? Well, you know, it's done at the local level. You got to take care of your community. And if we, if we are distracted by all of these things that are going around, Donald Trump and his team can handle what they have in front of them. It will take time. And I think it can distract from what they would like to be doing all the time. It's it's just, it's going to have to, but, but it shouldn't distract us. You know, we, we need to stay focused. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of staying focused, uh, the mandates could be coming back. I mean, the rumors have been heating up. Uh, I remember uh, about a week ago, I saw on X a post, someone had a video of Alex Jones saying that he heard that the mask mandates will be coming back shortly. Uh, Now we've heard Biden on on camera say that he has put in a request to Congress for additional funding for the newest COVID-19 vaccine. And Booker, guess what? But this one works. That's what Joe Biden says. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not so convinced uh, myself that this one's going to work. 
work, but uh, it sounds like that they're going to be bringing back these mandates. And personally, I'm not surprised. Uh, I think they're going to try and really push this COVID-19 this winter uh, down our throats uh, so they can do mail-in voting again in 2024. That's what it's all about. Cheat by mail, get everybody to vote by mail. And uh, uh, that's what I see going here. And they're, they're going to blame Republicans for people dying. We're going to hear all these numbers about people dying and they're going to say, oh, this is Republicans' fault because they're not getting the vaccine. Uh, I think this is the narrative that they're going to try and push uh, this next year for the election. But I, I think that's a horrible message because the American people have woken up and they're sick of the tyranny. They're sick of being walked over by their government. And uh, I don't think people are going to comply for another round of this. Uh, I personally am not. No. Um, and you, you bring up the effectiveness of the vaccine and this one is going to work. I, I was looking at the CDC website over the weekend and uh, I went back to April of 21 where they said, and it was in quotes from Moderna and some other, someone else, another, another pharmacy that it, the, the vaccine is 100% effective. That's what they were saying in April 21. So here they are again, another vaccine. The new vaccine is going to be 100% effective. We know that's not the case. That is never the case with a vaccine. It's just never 100% effective. So when someone says it's 100% effective, you should know that is probably a lie because that, that's not going to be true. Um, when it comes to complying with masks and all these mandates, just say no. Just say no. I'm I'm not partic- I'm not participating. If you're sick, stay home. Don't cough on people. You know that's that's what we should always do. But but don't participate in this. It, it's going to be up to us. We we have to understand that we the people have the power, and we only have the power if we use our brain. And uh, just say no on this stuff. Yeah, I never want to wear one of those face diapers again. Um, Having to travel with those things was a nightmare for me. Having to fly, uh, I, I had bust across the country one time in one of those masks. And to me, they're just an absolute health hazard because never in my life have I touched my face more often than I'm wearing one of those face masks. I just feel suffocated, like I can't breathe. Uh, I never want to go back to those days. And as you said, I don't think we can comply once again and these people who are going to take this new vaccine that have already gotten the first one and still gotten COVID, it's kind of like that fool me once, uh, shame on me, sh- or shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me kind of saying, uh, you've got to stop feeling sorry for these people at mm-hmm. some point in time. They have to start waking up, which is sad because it's a lot of the elderly people that are um, gullible and used to back in their day when we had a dependable mainstream media you could actually believe what they could say told you but now they just lie particularly to the elderly population who are vulnerable to COVID-19 to begin with and uh, get this vaccine I've just known a lot of people in my life it seems like they get this COVID-19 vaccine a couple months later they catch pneumonia or something and uh, pass away it's just so sad and uh, it's just like we've seen it time and time again I don't know if you heard about that uh, professional wrestler Bray Wyatt guy yeah. just had a heart attack at 36 years old and dropped dead. Uh, this guy's an athlete. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, remember, like, what was it, a month ago? Uh, Bronny James, LeBron James' son, yeah. had the cardiac arrest on the basketball court, right? Um, 
I think this is all related to the vaccine. And um, you're going to have to prove it to me that it would be any different uh, that this is not vaccine related. Yeah, just say no. That That's the easiest thing. Just say no to all of it. Uh, don't comply. Don't comply on the mask. Don't walk the same way in the grocery. Uh, just, just don't do it this time. And it, it really, it comes down to us really. And uh, you don't, don't participate, don't participate. And you have to ask yourself, what are you willing to do to do that? Because you have to remember the mask mandates. Uh, they can't really make you wear a mask, but the stores can prevent you from coming to shop. So where are you going to buy groceries? So if you're going to participate in not wearing a mask, you have to ask yourself, where am I going to go get food? Because you, if they if they do this, you're not going to be able to go to Walmart or wherever you go to the grocery because they absolutely will make you wear it because they will participate. So if you're not participating, where will you get your food? And, and so if you're going to stand up at this point, you have to be prepared to stand up. Yeah, absolutely. And the good news is you guys have come to the right place for the best information throughout this pandemic. Come to America out loud and listen to Dr. Peter McCullough. I mean, this guy's been on top of things from the beginning. Uh, He's been on Joe Rogan, been all over the place. Uh, Everybody wants his insights and knowledge when it comes to COVID-19, the truth about these vaccines. So stay tuned to America out loud for that. Uh, Booker, thank you so much for stepping in tonight. We really appreciate it. Uh, what's the best time people can listen to your show on America Out Loud? I'm on Saturday and Sunday night at 7 o'clock. And uh, love to have people uh, listen. If you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Booker Spartacus. Spartacus is spelled wrong. I know that, but it's spelled S-P-A-R-T-I-C-U-S. That's because there was another Booker Spartacus that was spelled correctly. So that's why that's spelled wrong. I do know that it's spelled wrong. Um, but anyway, I'd love to have you follow me there, and uh, we'll, we'll get into things on social media and on Our Lives and Politics, which is the name of the show. Excellent. You guys definitely want to check that out on the weekends on America Out Loud. And his Twitter account is very uh, entertaining, and he's very engaging. So uh, he'll definitely give him a follow on X, I guess you have to call it. Now yeah, I keep I don't saying know. Twitter. I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you all for tuning in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel, along with streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please be sure to search for America Out Loud. Please like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. In addition to that, we're available on AmericaOutloud.news, which has thousands of podcasts and articles updated daily. And we always appreciate it when you share those on social media. Well, we'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing.